Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Those of us who are still paying back our student loans have gotten some relief since the pandemic began, but that all might be coming to an end very soon. The student loan moratorium is set to end this month. If that happens, more than 40 million Americans will have to start repaying a combined $1.7 trillion in debt. Student debt repayment can be daunting, and some of us are unsure where to even begin. So we're going to bring an expert to help us figure it out. Yanelli Espinal is the Director of Educational Outreach at NextGen Personal Finance, and she joins us now. Many people can be overwhelmed by the size of their debt, that they can't see the path forward. So what would you say is the first step in trying to manage loans? Right. Um, Well, my experience, I had a large majority of my debt was actually credit card debt right when I got out of college. And I think it's very similar to student loan debt in that that idea that when it gets out of control and it's a certain amount that's really large, it just creates this like a fear and it's like looming over your head all the time because you just don't know when is a realistic time frame for you to expect to be done with this debt. So the best thing that you can do that would be the very first step to kind of give you a little bit of a cyber of relief would be to actually find out what is a realistic debt payoff day. Now, this could be 30 years in the future. This could be 15 years in the future. This could be seven years or two years in the future. But it all depends on how much money you are able to contribute every month towards your loan payoff. And it also depends on the interest rate that your debt is accruing at. So your your kind of first step would be, to log into your student loan portal and check out what are the total amounts you owe, what interest rate are each of your debts growing at, and then put that all into a debt repayment calculator so that you can spit out and see Mm. what is a realistic time frame for me to expect to be done. Is it July 9th, 2027? You know, because the thing is, once you know a day, like, for example, if you say July 9th, 2027, you can now write that down, and it's, like, freeing a little bit because it gives you the ability to know the day. Yeah. Yeah, you can work towards it. So so that That's being right. said, talk about some more common mistakes that you have seen folks make when trying to get a hold of of their debt. So so one is not having realistic time frames in mind. That's right. That's right. I think a lot of um, young people, especially graduate college, and you just expect that you're going to be able to pay off all your debt in two or three years. And when you're five, six, seven years in and still struggling with the day, then you kind of get frustrated and you're like putting your fists up in the air like, what's going on? This is, you know, the, the system is broken and there's so much wrong. And that's true. There's a lot wrong that is, you know, hopefully soon to be corrected within the system of borrowing student loans. But the reality is a lot of uh, misunderstanding has existed around how loan terms even work. So a lot of young people I notice in my experience working with high school and college students is that they tell me, you know, I borrowed $10,000, so I don't understand why I owe $14,000. I only borrowed $10,000. And that is a clear indication that they never understood the interest would be accruing while they're in college. Like, if unless the one exception to this is if you have subsidized student loans, because yeah. then of course you'll see the interest accruing. But when you graduate, the federal government will take responsibility for paying the interest that has accrued, and you just really need to focus on paying back the balance that you borrowed. But for the most part, on in all other loan types except for that very specific subsidized loan you're going to be responsible for the interest accruing. So from the first day of school, when you're hanging out and studying or partying Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing whatever you're doing, 
Yeah, interest is being added. So when you graduate, there's really no reason for anyone to believe that they're going to owe the same amount of money that they borrowed on the first day of freshman year of college. Like yeah. That just doesn't make sense. And that's why it's so important, I think, for students to be thinking about all of this while they're still in college, not yes. just after they graduate. Exactly. And that's honestly one of the biggest things that I notice. Um, I pick it up on students when they're talking to me. So, for example, I have a mentee that I work with every few months. We meet up and make sure that, you know, her um, her resume looks good and that, you know, she, if she needs any support with anything. And one time we met recently, a couple months ago, she asked me to help her, like, think through her student loans. And then I said, well, tell me the situation. And the first thing she said was, when I graduate, I'm going to owe this much money. Mm-hmm. And I stopped her and I said, oh, I'm going to I'm going to pause you right there. Because you owe that money right now. Right. It's not when you graduate that you're going to owe. You need to change your mindset. You need to shift your mindset right now and understand that you currently owe this. And you've owed it since the day you signed the paperwork. And I think I know that that's scary. And I definitely don't mean to kind of, you know, scare anyone straight or anything like that. But I just think that this could really help us all get on the same page about borrowing money in general, period. Like, of course, this relates to student loan debt, but it also relates to a car loan, to a home mortgage loan, to a credit card loan or to a personal loan. In which case, as soon as you borrow the money, listen, you owe the debt immediately. It's not it's some point in the future that your future self will start owing like you owe now. Yeah. Let's go to a couple of callers who have been standing by. First up, here's Jill in Oak Park. Hi, Jill. Hi. Um, First of all, what your uh, guest is saying is just so important. I'm a parent uh, and I took out parent loans. Um, One week into my daughter's college experience, my husband died. I had to take all this over. Did not, not a very good financial person and didn't realize until recently um, how much I had Acute, and you know, and um, and also the interest and all of that. I'm retiring in two years at this point, and at, when they're asking us to start paying it back, I have to start paying back eight hundred dollars a month. Wow. Okay. Um, which is going to be really difficult, you know. But um, and it looks like it's going to. I mean, first of all, it looks like maybe after ten years. Um, I'm a I'm a public school teacher, but I am retiring in two years. So, okay. Um, it looks like after trying to pay it back for 10 years, it, it gets wiped away. Also, does she have any suggestions for me on, you know, lowering the interest rate or any, well, or paying it back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll let Yanelli address that for you, Jill. Thank you so much. So, so Yanelli, financial advice for Jill then, you know, to personally prep for this $800 a month and also retire in two years. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I definitely um, think it's really important to set aside your retirement funds. And I would not recommend using your retirement funds to pay this because one of the big things that a lot of parents do is when they take plus loans, they feel like they've now compromised their retirement. But the truth is your retirement assets are sheltered. And that's one of the beautiful things about the way the tax law is written in our country is so that if you have been putting money aside into a 403B, which um, you know many teachers have, or um, like a, an IRA, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, um, that, that those funds are sheltered so that if you experience bankruptcy, if you have any student loan debt, if the government, if you owe funds, that they won't be able to take your retirement money because the reality is you need to be able to have a dignified retirement after your long working career as a teacher. You deserve that. 
And so I definitely um, would not recommend uh, feeling like you have to now go dip into your retirement to pay this. You can actually work with the loan provider and figure out what are um, what makes sense, right? It, it, typically, these PLUS loans are going to be repaid over 10 years, but they do have an extended payment plan that can really lengthen the term up to 25 years. And so I would recommend you check out the extended payment plan so that you don't feel like you know, that $800 a month, it's probably, uh, realistically, it's probably trying to get you to pay the debt burden off in 10 years, but you might need to double that and say, actually, it's more realistic that I'll pay it off in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend checking that out. And then because you're a teacher, I would take a look at a few different options. Obviously, the federal student loan forgiveness, uh, federal service loan forgiveness program won't really um, apply to parent plus loans, which is really painful, but um, you should check out teacher loan forgiveness, right? Because there's, um, a, 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 depending on the amount that you owe, they could either be $17,500 or $5,000 write-off, depending on the subject area that you saw and, like, what your eligibility, um, you know, qualifications would be. But that's definitely something that I highly, highly recommend. And I, because specifically that you're a teacher, um, I would definitely say that it makes a lot of sense for you to, you know, consider meeting with someone who can actually give you very specific feedback about teacher retirement planning and teacher um, teachers paying off student loan debt, yeah. because this is one of the things that I feel like a lot of teachers don't get resources um, around. There's an entire like uh, accreditation that is meant specifically for helping teachers to pay off their student loan debt, which is something that I've only recently come to learn about. Um, but you can look that up. It's CSLP. It's a certified student loan planner, so they can help you um, to actually create a plan that works for you. And especially as uh, somebody who's been a teacher for so long, being in public service means you should work with a certified student loan professional um, or planner to really get a plan that works for you. Because, you know, let's be real, $800 a month in retirement yeah. is very steep. So that is a lot. That. That's a lot. Great advice. Uh, let's jump to Jean, who is in West Dundee. Hi, Jean. What's your question? Hi, I was just wondering what I could do to find out uh, how much I owe because mostly my parents were taking care of all my student loan debt and then it was the responsibility is now mine, so it's $800 a month, but I really don't know who I'm paying it to or how much I have left, so where can I find information like that? Thanks, Jean. Yeah, good question. This is such a good question. And I think a lot of other people probably have that same experience because their family members probably helped them sort everything out. And then now they've graduated and are like, okay, where's all this information? So for you, you want to find out from your family, did you um, have any private student loans or was it just federal aid? Federal aid comes from the federal government of the United States, whereas private aid might come from you know financial institutions and private banks, et cetera. So you want to know, do you have one or the other or both? Um, for your federal student aid, all of that information is going to be available for you in your portal. You will have to create a username and password and log into that using the website studentaid.gov. And everything that you have questions about, I promise, is there for you. There's an FAQ section that you can look at under um, understanding your federal aid. And there's also um, managing your loans. You can actually see how can you apply for income-driven repayment plan if it's really high right now. How can you apply for um, public service forgiveness if that's something that you're eligible for? Um, and there's so many other uh, you know, options there for you to check out. But step one would be to log in, studentaid.gov. Let's hear from Emily in Arlington Heights. Hi, Emily. What's your question? Hi, thank you so much. Um, I had both a, a comment and a question, and my 
background is that I took out debt um, as an undergraduate student, which my parents shared with me, and I did continue to pay that. I think I had, I consolidated after I graduated and had a rate of about 3.5, which was manageable even on my nonprofit worker um, salary. But at 29, I went to graduate school and I signed on the dotted line for what ended up being a little bit under almost $100,000 in debt, I think, at the end of the day, after the years that I spent there. At the time, I remember thinking, well, I guess this is just what Americans do to get a higher education. Um, looking back, I take responsibility for signing on the dotted line. Um, but when we talk about student loan debt relief, of course, I'd love to see the balance drop by ten or $20,000 overnight. Um, but I do wonder about the ethics of that. Where is the debt relief money coming from? Let's say that does pass. Where is it really coming out of? And, you know, can I feel like a responsible citizen knowing like whose money am I taking if I accept that debt relief, number okay. one? And number two, I am still stuck now with very high interest rate loans from my graduate debt that mm -hmm. I I grapple with whether or not I should consolidate them because if I do, I won't qualify for. I see. Okay, um, so let's let's jump into it then because right. we're we're out we're almost out of time. Right. So Yanelli, if you can pick up and help Emily yeah. out there. Yeah. So two two great questions, and I think a lot of people have similar ones. So for your first one, who pays for student loan debt forgiveness? The simple answer is taxpayers. Um, taxpayers will take on that. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, the government is collecting taxes from all of us in order to create uh, income for itself. And there's other ways the government creates income, but this generally is, is one main primary source of income is taxpayers paying their taxes. Um, and so one of the things I will share with you, I actually follow um, Nika Booth, who is a great uh, social media creator on Instagram. Her handle is um, Debt Free Gonna Be. And, I, and from her, I recently learned that, you know, we have to start thinking about this a little differently because I totally understand the feeling of like, oh, no, but then I'm going to be burdening taxpayers with debt that I took on. Uh, but that's the way the tax system works, right? Like, for example, I pay taxes every year that go into helping all kinds of things that I don't actually take advantage of. For example, I've never been unemployed, but yet unemployment taxes come from our tax paid our tax paying dollars, as well as um, you know people who uh, put their children in UPK or public school. A lot of those dollars come from taxpayers or property taxes, and yet you know I don't have children, I, and I don't know if I ever will. But I'm happy to contribute to our our system and be a taxpayer to contribute to the way that our country is able to take care of people when they're really in need, for example, at a time where they can't afford a private education for their child or when they're unemployed and they need to collect unemployment benefits, um, or when we have broken bridges and roads that need to be repaired. Like, this is what taxpayers are, are paying for. Yeah. So just, you know, yes, it's true, taxpayers will pay for this. Um, but I think that that's the way the system was built to help alleviate a lot of, you know, citizens having a difficult time in different instances. Um, and then for the second question, which was really thinking about should I consolidate, I would absolutely say that you should wait because the reality is if you consolidate your private loans with your federal loans right now, if the Biden administration or any future administrations were to offer any federal relief by the fact that you've now combined your private and federal loans into a consolidated loan, you will no longer qualify. So I would wait at least until some clarity um, has been shared around the federal uh, potential for federal forgiveness, and then that way you can actually qualify for that, which you are you know, entitled to, especially as somebody who's worked in the nonprofit sector, you've put in yeah. so much work and effort and service, and you know, here's a way for taxpayers to serve you back. 
We'll have to leave it there. That is Yanelli Espinel, Director of Educational Outreach at NextGen Personal Finance. Thank you so much. Great advice. Thank you so much. That's it for today's Reset. For more conversations on the politics, entertainment, and local stories that impact you, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Have a great day, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.